You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. Well, Venus, how are you today? I'm good, Mark. Yeah, well, I am really happy about uh, this opportunity, or really glad about this opportunity. We have here on Claus with us today. I have a lot of respect for him because I followed him in his ministry from Phoenix and, and the outreach that he has to different parts of the world with indigenous peoples. And I've never really heard his testimony. And I believe today we're going to hear how he came to the Lord. And he comes from a very, uh, an amazing family, Christian background. You're yeah. on. We're really happy to have you on the podcast. And we just want to, we want to hear your your story today just by opening up i i guess most stories start in the beginning right that's right that's right that's a good place to start so uh no it's good to be here mark and uh, uh venus to be uh, together as uh, native individuals and to be able to share uh kind of the heritage and the history of uh, how uh, uh, the Lord and how God has impacted uh, our family and really our nation, our people. And not only that, he opened the doors to reach out to nations all over uh, the world, really. And uh, so let's start in the beginning, okay? Uh, really, where it starts for me is I always say that I am, um, uh, and my dad used to say this, I am proud to be a native, uh, First Nations person uh, by race, but I'm even more proud to be a follower of Jesus Christ by his wonderful grace, his love, yes. his, his, uh, uh, what he, he shows to us each and every day. I am a fifth generation follower of Christ uh, among my family. It's really, uh, historically, I can, I, I always say I'm a living testimony of the faithfulness of God through the generations of our family. For me, I can go back to the history of our family, going back to about the 1750s. And uh, whenever I speak, I always use this example. I said, you can even look up today, go to Google and look up as far as the Mohawk Chapel. And uh, my, my father's tribe is uh, from Six Nation. He is Mohawk. My grandmother was Mohawk and Tuscarora. And, uh, but you can Google the Mohawk Chapel. And when you do that, you will see that it was in the 1750s that the Queen of uh, England built the very first church for the First Nations people. 
I think I've seen that. I visited that community in Ontario, right? You've got Canadian roots. Oh yes, yeah. See, my dad, my uh, my dad, and my my uh, his mother, all of that. That's Canadian roots, and my mother is from the U.S. Uh, she is Kiowa from Oklahoma. So really, I I've uh, been blessed because I'm I'm in in both areas, both countries. Yeah. So, anyways, if you go and you look at that. Uh, it was my great, great, great grandfather, and his name was Longf- Longfish uh, among his people, or, or Split the Skies, was, and he was the very first believer to ever come, uh, Mohawk, uh, to come to know the Lord. And, uh, you know, among our Native people, we're full of stories, I, and I probably could tell you all kinds of stories, but uh, that, that was the beginning of the fifth generation within our family. That really goes back to the, uh, like pre, even pre-Confederation, right? Like. Exactly. Exactly. I know. uh, Now I live, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and I know in our U S country here, we're, we are uh, actually talking about how it's been 400 years in 1620 when, when uh, the pilgrims first came to our land. And I was in a uh, celebration just about uh, a month ago. And uh, very interesting how the gospel first came among our Native people. And uh, it was really at a point where you saw, you always hear of the pilgrims. And even today, I know you you hear stories about the pilgrims and, and pro- probably in a negative light of things. But actually what you see was that they came with their families and they came yep. to worship God and not in a controlled way. And so they came to a foreign country when they came on our land. But in the beginning, you saw a real relationship that was being built between you know, the, the, the Puritans, the pilgrims, and our native peoples. So. That's something, yeah, right now you don't hear much about the positive, some of the positive relationships that might have come about through that, right? Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. And I think even, too, I mean, I can, I can actually go back through my family again, historically, and uh, I was just really moved uh, when I, I did actually a study of how the gospel impact our native First Nations people. And what I observed is it, it had a varied effect because uh, again, as we know among our native people, just in the US, there are uh, 573 different nations and we are all different in, in uh, uh, but, and even too, you look at the impact of the gospel among the different tribes, it was received differently. In, in we can't kind of give uh, a broad brushstroke of what happened. Was there someone in your life, Piron, that uh, really helped you come to the reality of a relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, uh, again, uh, that's where I would say the privilege of the five generations. I saw it exemplified uh, when I was born. I saw it exemplified in my grandmother and my grandfather. It was amazing, their story. They had gone through, both of them uh, were Canadian uh, First Nations. Uh, They had gone through the boarding school experience. Uh, I had uh, 
uh, just recently, a couple of years ago, read about the very boarding school that they had come from. And literally hundreds of uh, children's bodies were found close by. And I think of my, I think when I, when I hear stories like that, I can see the God's protection and the grace of God that has been among our family for five generations. And, and the way that they came to hear about Jesus Christ was there was a pastor. Well, actually, they came to know the Lord on New Year's night, and it was through a radio ministry. Their family, it was my dad and two sisters. They were just little children. They listened to the gospel presented, and the one when the invitation was given was my two aunts. They were just little girls. They knelt down and, and accepted Christ. And then it was my grandfather and grandmother that accepted the Lord. And so when I say that it was by my own experience, when I saw my grandmother and my grandfather and my aunts and my dad following the Lord, and not only following the Lord, but the love that they had for the Lord and the passion that they had in sharing to other peoples, it impacted my life as well. There's a Bible verse that speaks to that about the faithfulness of God um, towards those that love him, right? Exactly. I don't know if you uh, know that verse right off, but it, it just... I know it well. It's in, it's in Exodus 20, and uh, it says, and I hear a lot of people, they talk to me about this, but it says that there is a curse to the third and fourth generation to those that don't follow the Lord. But, and I love the second half of the verse, it says, God will be faithful to a thousand generations for those that follow his way. And so I think for me, I am a fifth generation follower of Christ. I have a son and daughter. I have uh, six grandchildren. They are seventh generations within our family. And that's wow. touching the iceberg, tip of the iceberg of the faithfulness of God amongst our generations. Seven generations is significant in some Very tribes, much. right? Seven Very generations. much so, yes. That's a seven-generational testimony. That's wonderful. Yes. Also, like when it says that, when, when it puts the two side by side, God's mercy and God's loving kindness and faithfulness yes. to those that love them, and then it's compared with the, those that, don't love him, it's it's even yes. smaller, right? So what would you That's say right. to somebody who maybe they, because of their family story, it, it was harder for them to come, you know, like they, they did experience some of the difficulties of having parents that were maybe not quite as stable or something like that. Right. What I would encourage, and, and again, I see this in scripture all throughout, you know, I love the Bible. That's just one thing. I love... The, the story of God's word. And uh, just, yes. uh, again, there's so much that I could share. This is an example. When, when I have, when I talk about my relationship with God and my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it is very special. And it's because it has been demonstrated in the lives of my uh, father and my grandfather and the generations before. But let me give you a little story, Okay. And, uh, and then I'm going to give you the answer to your question, is when my dad used to uh, speak to me as a little boy, 
he would say, son, this book, this Bible is not just words on paper. This is not just black on white. He says, this uh, is God's word. He says, this is God's mouth. And he says, son, every time you open up uh, the Bible, you are literally opening up the mouth of God. He says, I want you to go into your room. He says, I want you to have a conversation with God. And he says, I want you to let God speak to you. And as a little guy, I would, I would have, picture this in my mind. And I thought, man, what an opportunity, uh, a direct uh, a line to God. And so, so I would have this. And I'll tell you what, Mark, uh, it was incredible what the Lord would show me, okay, the way he would speak to me. My dad would also say, he says, now, son, after you have done this, I want you to come back and you tell me what God said to you today. And that made it fresh. That made it fresh. And so my answer to you, to, to folks that are listening that may say, you know, well, I didn't have that kind of heritage or I didn't have that kind of background. Well, you know what yeah. I would, I would encourage those listeners is I would say, I would encourage you to take time and have that conversation with God and, and let God speak to you. And no matter what your background is, no matter how uh, deficient maybe or unqualified you feel, what you're going to find is that when God does something in your life, uh, it doesn't matter what you've done because he's going to show his greatness and his power in your life uh, if you just listen to God. So that's what that would be a, a recommendation to them. Well, that would be like maybe the beginning of seven generations of faithfulness right there exactly. if somebody did that. Exactly. I've had many people come up to me, many Native people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just the first generation or I'm second or third generation. And I, I yeah. said, you know what? You've got the promises that he'll be faithful for a thousand generations. So uh, yes. you, you uh, be the beginning of that long heritage. Among your being, I, I guess the encouragement that I receive from you is I see the love of God. I see the love for scriptures. I see the love for native people. I just see the love and I'm just the first generation. But to think that God's mercy, God's grace on just one's life and to be thankful that I do have that. And, yes. and many are just struggling yes. today to find their place, to find peace, because many people are living with no peace, no joy, and they're just, they're scared and they're wor worried. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Well, what I see again, and, and this would be just words of encouragement, this is what I pick out in the scriptures all the time. But, you know, we talk about, in, in the Bible, the Bible speaks about godliness and righteousness. And, uh, and I love the stories of the Bible because I, uh, so often I hear Native people say, well, that's the white man's religion, white man's God. I'm saying, no, no, no. I says, you read the scriptures and God's, uh, the Lord's people, Jesus' people is just like our, our Native First Nations people. They were a tribal people, an oral culture. Uh, you, look at, uh, you look at their stories in life. 
And what you see over and over and over again is where God is taking care of them. He, he is providing for them. And, and my words to, the again, the listener, is that if you want to see a real change in your life and in your family and within your nation, what it says throughout Scripture is that we have to have a God-centered life. Okay, It begins with a God-centered life. And the reason why we have to be a people with a God-centered life is because it, and you should know this, every Native person should know this, I hear this all the time, is that the Creator is the one that has created us. Okay, God is the, is the one who has created us, so He knows us best. So yeah, we need yes. a God-centered life, but then... Uh, when we live a God-centered life that says God is everything, he's created me, I, I, he, he deserves my, my obedience and my response, then you see righteousness. And another word for righteousness is a right living life. And in order for us to live right, and I understand as Native people, we've got challenges of alcoholism and suicide, drug abuse, and all of that sort of stuff. And we want to we want to live a right life. I understand that. But it goes back to the beginning, is that we need to be a people that's God-centered. If mm. we're God-centered, then we will be right-centered, right life-centered. See? So for the God-centered life, how would you link that together with the part of the story? Jesus came to earth to yes. live God's word. Yes. Uh, uh, and again, uh, a message to our native people is we are a people of relationship. Okay. We are. Uh, and again, that's how God created us. But, and that's where we see God was, he was a very relational and when you read in scripture, when you read in Genesis, uh, the beginning, you, you read where he's created mankind. He's created the animals. Uh, he's created Adam and Eve. He's created the garden. And then yep. you see a relationship that is broken. And that relationship was between Adam and Eve, the very first man, the very first woman. And, yep. and, uh, and then what I love is as you start reading these stories in the Bible of different individuals, you see where God, the God of relationship, recognizes the broken relationship between his creation. And so what does he do? He sends his son, Jesus Christ, into the world of his creation. Okay, And it is, it is in the life of Christ when you look in the New Testament and you read about Jesus, you see the, the uh, most uh, important story of all the story of the Bible is where God has provided his son to come down from heaven into our world and to live amongst us. And then he is the way maker. He is the one that makes a way for a restored relationship with our heavenly father. And so, uh, and again, so often I hear it said, well, Jesus is the white man's uh, God. And I said, no, 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 no. Uh, Jesus is, is, is the uh, God's son and God 
is uh, the creator of all seed. So uh, that's, I guess that's how I would say it, is when I recognize that Christ came for my behalf, Christ came for every one of us, that we might be restored in relationship with God, then I have no other response than, yes, Lord, I want, I want to be in right relationship. I want that uh, restored relationship. And then I could talk hours, and I don't have enough time, but I could tell you how much I long for that relationship with Almighty God. That is such a powerful thought and a powerful position to be in, to realize that God is right with you, no matter where you're at. You know, that is awesome. When we, uh, when we think of uh, his death on the cross, yes, that goes kind of blows my mind. And yeah, yeah. The, the depth that God went to, to reach us. That's right. That's right. Well, it is the fact that he, he gave his life. Okay. He gave, uh, he gave up his very life. It, it says for his enemies too, as well. And uh, the fact is now, whether we accept his gift then of eternal life. Uh, and that again, I, I think is a native concept because a lot of times among our native people, we know this is that if we want to honor somebody, we give a gift, okay? And what is that? If I go visit your house, sometime you won't say anything, but somebody starts preparing a meal for me, okay? And right there, I recognize that is a point of honor, okay? Or uh, when I was uh, young, uh, my grandfather would give me a native name. I was born on Thanksgiving Day, U.S., and... uh, uh, at 12 o'clock noon, my grandfather said, Huron, whenever you come to Oklahoma among the Kiowa people, you will be known as Saw. And that means at noon. He could have called me turkey. He didn't. <laughs> he called me at noon. And so, uh, so I thought, you know, that was an honor. He was giving me a gift. He gave me a native name. Well, among... When I look at what Christ did for me when he died on the cross and he offers me eternal life, you know what? That is one of the greatest honors that Almighty God can give to us. Now, among our native way, we can accept that gift or we can reject that gift. And we know among our native ways, when you reject a gift that has been given honorably, that is a very big offense. The question I ask our listener today is, have we honored the creator God? Have we honored God by accepting his gift of Jesus Christ? Or have we, not knowing, became the greatest offense in not accepting his gift? I would encourage you today, think about that. And why don't you honor the one who's created us by accepting his gift. That is true. That is true. Um, I think we're probably getting towards the end of our uh, program here, but not, not to shut it down, but to zero in even right now, let's just say 
I think we've all struggled in our Christian life, you know, ups and downs. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes we get disappointed with ourselves. We think, oh, wow, is this even worth it? Or, And of course it is. But how would you share with somebody how they could successfully or, you know, they could live a life that would be a pleasing to God? Right. Well, let me encourage you, okay, by saying you're not the only one that is going through great difficulties in life. Again, when I read uh, God's book and his story, it's full of lives uh, that have gone through tremendous battles, okay? We're, we come, some of us come from warrior backgrounds, okay? And, and if I could sit down and talk to you about some of the battles among your people, I'm sure you would have stories to tell me. But you know what? Uh, every one of us go through battles in life. Every one of us go through challenges. 2020 has been probably uh, the most historical year, uh, I would say, in the history of man, of just the uh, challenges uh, what I, uh, that we go through. So number one, you're not the only one that's going through it. Number two, if you read the Bible, you see God's people going through uh, life-death situations. Uh, but the good news is you can see where God delivers them, okay? God is a God of deliverance. He delivers us from our situation. You see God as a Savior. He saves us. He not only saves us from our uh, eternal salvation, giving us eternal salvation, but he saves us daily from the issues that we go through. And I guess what I'm saying in all of this is my words of encouragement is you go to the one who has created you, okay? He knows you better than anybody else. He knows every detail of your life. And I've said this many times, is no matter how difficult, no matter how deep uh, it is you go through, I would say you just share your heart. And I've had, I've had people say, well, here on, you don't know what I've gone through. I just want to my fist in the air and I want to curse God. And I, and I said, you know what? You just express that emotion because the one who understands is the one who's created you. Okay. Mm. So you express that. But you know what? I The second thing I would say is you don't hold on to that. You give that. You give that anger. You give that problem. You give that to the, to the Lord, Jesus Christ. And you know what? He is the power and he is the authority. He is so higher than all of his creation. Uh, the angels, uh, the demons tremble at him. That's the one that you have contact with. And so I say, if you just leave it there with Almighty God, it's God is the one that's going to bring healing in your life. God is the one that's going to demonstrate through you uh, the power and the authority of himself through you. So you just let that happen. And you know what I've, I've just seen? That is when God changes life. He changes it from the inside out. We try to change it from the outside in, okay? I, the, I've met 
thousands of people, native people. And when I hear their stories and what God has really done in their lives, I know it's the only God that can do that because he changes a life from the inside out. It's incredible. So that's my word to those that are listening. Be faithful to the Lord. Share what, uh, what you are honestly going through and then really release it all to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ, it's just like scripture says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Second Corinthians 5.17. You've been blessed with uh, many gifts and abilities. And one is you're an historian. Mm-hmm. Number two, you've got the gift of encouragement. And number three is that you verbalize the love of Jesus that's in your life. And just sitting here listening to you, I feel it. I feel your word, and I'm encouraged by it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's been a joy to be with both of you today. The Lord bless you. And I'm praying for you and all of our First Nations people. Well, you'll have to come back again. And next time I can stay longer than just one segment because you have much to offer us and you have much to offer uh, our listeners. Thank you. And Venus go out and run the roads, you know, like, so, yeah, next time she'll be here for good. Like, she'll be around. Well, he's not going to make me feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) It's been really super... Take care. Lord bless. Bye-bye. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.